You're listening to episode 63 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about running and dogs. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational, and let the Marathon Running Podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond. Hey runners, and welcome to episode 63. My name is Letty Lundquist, and I'm here with my husband, Ryan. Hi, Letty, and listeners. And we come on weekly with running-related material, and today we're going to happen to talk about Ryan's favorite animal, which happens to be the... A baby shark? <laughs> You're supposed to say dog. <laughs> That's not my favorite animal. Well, we're not going to talk about the baby shark. We're I don't dislike dogs. It's just not my favorite animal. You like baby sharks better? I like baby sharks better. All right. So we're here to talk about the baby shark and I mean the dog anyway today. And we're going to confront two topics or subtopics when it comes to this, which is number one, what do we as runners do? Because it seems like dogs hate runners almost as much as they hate the mailman. And then our second question that we're going to tackle is going to be what running dog to get if you desire to do so. So in order to do that, we spoke with animal behaviorist Cora Williams, formerly known as Cora Whittakind, who has been my long-term friend for many years. She resides in California, which is where we actually just came back from. You got a lot of running in too, in California. Didn't you like max out your week? I did. I got an 82 mile weekend for one of the weeks, which was awesome. But running is super easy in California too, because when you come from Florida and you land in California, it seems like all of a sudden you get more oxygen. I think you just don't, you don't heat up as much. So, so yeah, that was a very pleasant experience. But while we were there, we drove up north to uh, where my friend Cora lives and we visited her property which was absolutely beautiful, stunning views of the mountains. And of course, we took advantage of the opportunity to finally talk to her about these questions about dogs, dog bites, training dogs, etc. So Ryan, what do you think about rabies and dogs? Do you think that people that run in the United States particularly are at high chance for getting rabies when they get bitten? Probably not, but I don't know what... I mean, there's still a chance. And the problem with rabies is if you catch it and you don't go in early enough, you know, you could die from it. So, Oh, well, I wish I would have known that a few years ago. When you got bit by a dog, I assume? Yeah, I got bit by a dog while I was studying for the bar and I was weighing out my time that I needed to study for the bar exam because it was only a couple of weeks away versus going to the doctors to, to start that process with the 10 rabies shots or whatever you get. And I decided to uh, roll the dice. I mean, ideally, you can track the dog down. And if they have an owner and they've had a rabies shot, then you're good. But otherwise... It was a stray. Yeah, I guess it's either take the risk of dying or <laughs> just get, <laughs> go get treatment. Well, I mean, I'm still alive. I might have rabies right now. Sometimes I feel like I do. <laughs> Sometimes you act like you do. <laughs> like you're foaming at the mouth right now. I'm not foaming. <laughs> anyway, so um, like I mentioned, we talked to my friend Cora about these questions. 
and got quite a bit of great information. So what do you think? You think our listeners are ready to listen to this? Probably. I think it's a good topic. You know, everyone's either wanting to, you know, have dogs, wants to run with dogs or is running away from dogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, running with the dogs is a good, uh, good so, title for this episode, I guess. We can running, that. running with or away from the dogs. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so also especially because it seems like during the pandemic when everybody was on lockdown, we got more dogs. There were some reports in the country that shelters were having a dog shortage almost, so to speak. So then unfortunately, now that everybody's going back to work, hopefully those animals are still getting a lot of exercise. Hopefully they don't ever, they don't go back to the shelter. Yeah, that's what we all hope. So if you're a runner and you want to help prevent that, if you've been thinking about getting it, dog, then maybe this is a good episode for you. So let's just roll right into this interview. Sounds good. All right, so I'm here with Cora Williams, formerly known as Cora Whittakind. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. So I've known you for a really long time and you've been doing the dog thing for a really long time too. So can you please introduce yourself to our listeners, tell us who you are, where you're from, and how you get into all of this. So I am from Washington State, and that's actually where Letty and I met, was up there before we moved down to California and became roommates there. And so we have a lot of firsthand experience working with each other, living with each other and dogs as well. Um, so I've been in LA now for probably 12 years. And before that, I was training dogs up in Seattle. And I was training up in Seattle probably for about five years before moving down here. And I've been here, yeah, 12 years or so. And I got into dog training because my mom was a vet tech. And so growing up, we had all these different animals coming into our lives, including a lot of wild animals because we did wildlife rehab. And so I just grew up being surrounded by animals. And also what we would do is we would rescue dogs that needed homes and we would try to make them more adoptable and help find their home. So we did just like, you know, what we basically kind of had an understanding of dog training at that time of just kind of crate training, making them more sociable and all of that. And then I formally started doing dog training in Seattle after an apprenticeship up there. And it's just kind of taken off since then. And it's a huge passion of mine. Wouldn't want to do anything else. And been doing it ever since. So that's so cool. I always feel like you have the best job out there. And I'm happy that you agree with that. So when you say dog behavior and all that stuff, what does that include? What did you learn to do? What do you teach dogs to do? Well, the majority of my job is actually teaching owners. <laughs> As you know, <laughs> Letty has, well, she still has the dog that she had when we were roommates named Prince, who is how old now? He's 14. So Letty had Prince. You got him pretty shortly after you moved to LA, right? Yeah. The second day I was there. Oh, wow. So, and then we lived together and Prince is a Minpin Chihuahua mix and if anyone knows Minpins and Chihuahuas, they can be a little difficult. So <laughs> dog behavior. Uh, it's talking more about like what they do naturally, you know, kind of what they're predisposed to doing, what their temperament is like. Um, dog training and obedience training is more teaching sit down, stay. So behavior modification is more about like working on, you know, reactivity to seeing other dogs or resource guarding or barking, things like that. And you can use obedience training as tools to work through 
those issues, to redirect them to a different behavior. And so it's something that you can reward them for. So it's not just about punishment, which is very old school way of training. So obedience training helps to build the behavior that you want, but through teaching alternate behaviors, if that makes sense. Yeah, that completely makes sense. And I'm glad you brought up the whole thing about dog breeds, because this is the second question I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you about what dogs would be good companions for people. But before we go there, I think the more pressing question for most of our listeners and runners in general is, what do you do when you are either scenario A, running anywhere and there's a dog charging at you and you don't know what type of breed he is and what he's going to do with you or when you run by dogs that are not charging at you but just kind of are standing there and you know they're strays. So it's a two-part question and also there's another third part to it as well that we're probably going to get into is if you're running with your own dog and a dog comes towards you. So if you're running by yourself and a dog runs outside of its home or jumps over a gate or something like that, most likely it's being territorial. And there's three types of dogs that are going to be coming at you, not necessarily talking about breeds, but the what's motivating that behavior. could just be an excitable, friendly little dog that's just like trying to come out and say hi and is just like rude, you know, jumping up at you, barking. Usually those ones you can just kind of like, you know, turn to the side and maybe kind of crouch down and talk to them. And it does a lot about reading dog body language. So if it's like loose body language, they're kind of like wiggly, and they're obviously being very friendly, then you can even look at their tag maybe and bring out your cell phone and call the owner. Um, or, you know, walk them calmly back into their gate and then carry on. That happens probably about 50% of the time. Probably about and 40% of the time is the dog that's territorial. And the territorial ones can be a little scary. Usually they're all bark and no bite until you start running past them and turn your back and then they might nip at your heels. And that happens quite often, I'm sure. And that's probably like what most of the bites happen to runners is the dogs that are territorial and nipping at you as you run by. Um, those ones can be dangerous, of course. Well, it also depends on the breed and the impact of the bite. But what you can do as you're running And I recommend that everybody carries some sort of spray defense as they're running, not only because of, you know, creeps out there, but also because of dogs. Dogs, you don't necessarily have to use like a pepper spray, but you can use a citronella spray. And spray shield is a really good one that you can just put in like your little running fanny pack or whatever you have. And you can spray it at the dog and it's not going to hurt them, but it's going to surprise them. And citronella is just what you use as like uh, repellent for bugs too. You know, it's just a smell that they don't like. And most of the dogs are going to stop in their tracks when you spray them with that because it don't, not only surprises them, but they don't like the smell. Um, but as you're running, and if you have that dog charging you, but the weight is most on the back legs, that's a dog that's mostly kind of unsure and probably isn't going to bite you. Unless, like I said, like you turn your back and you run right past them because then their prey drive might kick in. But if you slow down and don't make direct eye contact and try to give more of a wide berth around them, most of the time they won't do anything. Um, like I said, if they do keep coming after you, then spray them with the spray shield, and that most of the time will stop them. And that brings me to my third one, which is the dog that is the silent one. <laughs> those are more scary, actually, because those are the ones that are really staring you down. They don't want you there at all. And they're not putting on a big show, but they mean business. So those ones stop running. 
don't make direct eye contact, turn to the side and try to just very slowly either turn back the way you came or, you know, give wide berth. Um, if the dog starts charging you, um, don't bend down, don't play dead. <laughs> if it actually attacks you, you actually do need to tur- curl up into a ball and protect your neck. Um, don't fight back necessarily. Um, but that's very, very rare. That brings us to the 10% of situations. And Letty looks very uncomfortable just hearing about it. <laughs> but in most cases, it's going to be the dog that's just putting on a big show. And you are going to want to spray that one or the third type of dog that I was talking about. The first dog that's friendly and just coming up to you, don't spray that dog. <laughs> Unless you're very fearful of it. Yeah, thank you. That's so interesting. Um, I never even thought about looking at the body language because to me, it's just like, okay, I would treat all three of them the same. So I'm glad that you pointed that out. So just to repeat, the first one could be playful, try to maybe help him find his house. And that's when his body language is loose and wiggly. And then the second one, you said more weight on the hind legs and Um, just doing more like staccato barking, like the bark, 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 bark. Right. It's just like, get out of here. So then if he comes after you trying to nip, you were saying you can spray him or could you walk away backwards and get out of his sight, basically? Yeah. And then the third one is the scariest one, which is the group of dogs or single dog that stands there and just stares at you, which is, um, I've actually seen that quite a lot. And um, luckily, there's a lot of fences that are invisible in my neighborhood. So while they look at you, they really don't do anything and but yeah no thank you so much this is a uh, interesting mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I don't know if you've seen the video that was went viral on YouTube where there was a mountain lion that went after a runner and the runner was walking backwards and finally decided to throw rocks at him. So what, what do you think yeah. about doing something like that if you're not happening to carry the shield spray? Yeah, you can definitely do that if you find that walking backwards, trying to get out of its area and it's still stalking you or coming after you, you'd need to do whatever you have to do at that point. If you use the spray shield or you don't have it and it doesn't work, um, then you can, I mean, you got to be careful bending down, you know, near the dog. You don't want to bend down when the dog is really, really close next to you necessarily because it can, you know, jump up on top of you and, you know, maulings can happen at that point. But if you have some space, then look in your environment and see whatever is available to you, like large sticks, rocks, things like that. Sometimes even just, and this works mostly on the second type of dog, but sometimes on the third by just saying go home can sometimes work because sometimes people do take the time to train their dogs that. But it also changes the energy sometimes. But I don't recommend being overly aggressive to the dog before you feel threatened. Because sometimes that can change it to where the dog becomes more threatening. But if the dog is stalking you and you feel very, very threatened, then yeah, use whatever is in your environment. You could even look to like truck beds, things like that, that you can jump up onto, that you have space that you can get behind. You know, look for yards, that there's a gate, something that you can get in and close behind you. Do whatever you have to do at that point. 
And, you know, hopefully that'll be enough to diffuse the situation. But really, really recommend carrying some sort of spray defense and, you know, not necessarily the pepper spray, but the spray shield. Okay, cool. And so then one last question in the whole attacking by animals, since you've mentioned that you did wildlife rehab and you're very familiar with trails because you live in an area that has a lot of trails and you grew up in Washington. What other animals do you think runners would be attacked while on trail runs and how can they or should they react? I know there's a big difference between, you know, black bears versus grizzly and oh, that yeah. kind of stuff. So maybe you can talk about that a little bit. Well, I'm not a runner. I don't really like running, honestly. I'll do sprinting, but I really don't see the purpose of running long distance unless you're running from something. <laughs> but I understand why people do like it. Um, I only have experience living in an environment with black bears. We also do have cougars here. Um, the number one threat is loose dogs, though. Black bears aren't going to do anything necessarily unless you come between them and their babies. At that point, I really recommend just kind of slowing down getting backing away very slowly from the babies or whatever it is that they might be guarding. Maybe they have food that they're guarding. Um, you don't necessarily need to make hard eye contact. Eye contact, especially with dogs, can be really threatening too. So averting your eyes can be really helpful to diffuse a situation. But if a bear does come at you, I mean, I, I'm a dog trainer, I'm not a wildlife specialist, but I just know that you can very slowly try to get out of their way and whatever it is that they're guarding, whether it be their babies or their food. Grizzlies are a whole different thing that I can't speak to. Um, with cougars, you have to be really careful when bending down, maybe tying your shoe or something like that, getting something out of a backpack. That's something that you have to be aware of because they're really going to be opportunistic when it comes to They're going to look for easy prey. Like, they don't want to do a huge fight. They don't want to exert that energy unless they have to. So, unfortunately, women and children are going to be more likely to be attacked than, you know, like a large man. But, yeah, really watching your neck, being careful, making a lot of noise also to not to startle them is really important. But with the cougars, make yourself look bigger if there is one that is stalking you. And then slowly try to get out of their way. Um, yeah, most of the time they don't want to attack. So hopefully you don't ever get in that situation. Yeah, no, and uh, I'm glad you mentioned the startling thing too, because I, I purchased a, I think it was a 20 pack of bright orange whistles that you can mm -hmm. basically clip into your sports bra. And whenever I run in the woods or trails, I kind of whistle a lot because I'm scared that I'm going to see something I don't want to see and I don't want to startle anything out there. All right, so let's move on to a more fun topic since we have you here and you're the expert on dogs. Let's talk about running dog breeds that you can recommend. I almost said brands again. So let's talk about what dogs do you think are good for runners? And when I'm saying runners, I mean people that go for runs around five miles or so. I know there's, you know, different types of dogs that are either too small or they'll have joint problems. So can you tell us a little bit about you, what you know about that? So, yeah, you're right. There is a big difference between long distance running and, you know, more like the five mile um, type of run, which most dogs of the larger breed that aren't really heavy, um, that, you know, large, I'm talking about between the size of like 40 to 65, maybe 70, 70 is getting a little heavy. Um, but five miles, typically, if they've been uh, trained to run next to your side, and if they've built up their endurance, that is a safe amount of uh, time to run your dog. But for endurance running, you really probably are going to be looking at more of like a Vishla or 
um, Weimaraner, Huskies even can do more long distance. You always have to be really aware of your dog and learn how to read them. So giving them frequent breaks is important, especially taking weather into account. So if it's hot, you don't really want to run your dog. Um, really being aware of what surface you're running your dog on is important as well. So cement is really tough on their joints. So dogs that are heavier are going to have a harder time on cement because it's just a lot of impact on their joint. So the lighter the dog, more like talking more like a Vishla versus like a Malamute, you know, that is going to be a big difference because Vishlas are a little bit lighter. Malamutes are a bit heavier. And also Malibutes are going to overheat a lot faster. So making sure to give them frequent breaks, uh, water breaks are really important. If their tongue's like hanging out to the side and they seem like they're breathing really, really heavy, you really have to take a break at that point. But as far as breeds go, even small dogs can run. Um, it just kind of depends. Like if you have like a Jack Russell Terrier, Terriers love to run. They love to have that exercise. But a lot of what it is, it's about training them to be by your side, to be aware of your pace. So teaching them to walk on a loose leash first and then practicing walking fast and then jogging and then slowing down, varying your pace is important. And then um, also really teaching them to check in with you. So a good command for that is teaching them to look. So teaching a command for them to check in with you because otherwise if they see a squirrel and you're running, they may bolt off to the side. So that can be dangerous for runners too, especially if they have a large dog that does that. Um, labs can be good runners. Golden retrievers can be good too, but you, again, you have to be really careful about their joints. Um, trying to think of some other really good ones. Like I said, Vishlas, Weimaraners, Dobermans can be really good. Um, I had a Rottweiler who was a good sprinter, not so much with the endurance. So you have to really take into account what your dog was bred for too. Like a Greyhound could be a good running companion, but they're more bred for sprinting. So you may want to do maybe only three miles with that dog as opposed to like five miles or longer. So what about mixed breeds? If we have a dog that's a mixed breed, how can we tell? Is it just checking their body language or kind of gauging what weight they are? Or how do we know if our dog is good? And then, you know, do we have to drop them off after a couple of miles or can we continue running with them? Again, it really comes down to just knowing your dog. So you, I would always refer to your vet and talk to them about your dog's health beforehand and, you know, what they're kind of predisposed to having issues with. Um, and also really starting with just really short distance and then building up their endurance. But mixed breeds are my absolute favorite. I love mutts because they're all so different from each other. So usually you can kind of guess about what breed your dog might have in there. You can do a DNA test too. Um, those are somewhat accurate. And it'll give you kind of an idea of what they have in there. But really, again, it's about if your dog is really heavy and has a lot of fur, it's probably going to have a harder time with running. If it's really, really tiny and has lightweight bones like a Italian Greyhound, not going to be a good runner. But the mid-sized breeds or like, again, like the Terrier, little Jack Russell size type dogs, those are usually pretty good running companions because they have a lot of endurance and a lot of energy that they need to get out. 
Yeah, that's so cool, Cora. Thank you so much. Um, we appreciate this because, as you know, with the pandemic, people didn't go to gyms anymore as much. People started running more. As we know, the percentage of running, runners has dramatically increased. And also, it seems like a lot of shelters have been emptied out because people had more free time and adopted their dogs. And now they probably have dogs at home. And what better friend to have at home as your little companion that needs exercise? Yeah, we definitely saw an increase of dogs being rescued from shelters. And also a lot of rescue organizations are placing dogs in homes during the pandemic. And if you contact one of them and tell them that you're a runner, they're going to be pretty aware of what dog they have in their inventory to match you with. That'll be a good companion for you. And really, it also helps a lot with these dogs because they have a lot of energy and they need that in order to be very a very good companion in your home. And it also can help prevent separation anxiety too if you help give them an outlet for that energy that they have. So that was also something that happened a lot during the pandemic is people were home all the time with their dogs constantly. And then all of a sudden they may want to leave their house and their dog has a hard time with it. So giving them that exercise is really, really crucial to prevent that separation anxiety too. So it's good for everybody. Yes. Just like you said, it's a win-win for everybody. Plus we as runners feel safer unless of course you have a multi-pool like me. So thank you so much for talking to us. And if anybody wants to get in touch with you or has questions, how can they get a hold of you? You can contact us on social media. We are Prestigious Pooch. My husband is also a trainer. His name is Sim Williams. And you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. And also our email is training at prestigiouspooch.com. Also, our website is prestigiouspooch.com. All right. Thanks, Cora, once again for your great information. Um, I actually got more out of this conversation than I had hoped for. So that was good. I felt like I'd brushed up on online stuff, but I really liked your tips on trying to identify a dog's body language when they run up on you run up towards you, and then also with the breed. So we really appreciate your input and insight. If you're in the Southern California region and need boarding or trading, then you should look them up. Yes, they're great. And their property, as mentioned, is just absolutely beautiful. So yeah. So anyway, you, I hope you guys got something out of value from this episode. And until next time. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running.